You're listening to the teaching of Calvary Paris. For more information, go to www.calvaryparis.com. But if you have your Bibles with you, I want to invite you to grab that, and I want you to turn with me to Mark 16 this morning. Mark 16. If you do not have a Bible, that is totally fine. The scripture that we're going to be reading will be on the screen behind me. And if you came here today without a Bible and would like a Bible, come find me after this service, and I'll make sure to remedy that very quickly because we all need a Bible, and I would love to put one in your hands if you don't have one. But Mark chapter 16, we're going to pick up in verse 1, and we're going to read Mark's account today of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Pick up with me there in verse 1. Where it says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. It was very large. And entering the tomb, well, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. Say it with me, church. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him as he said to you. That is the greatest news in all of the world. Let's pray together having heard it. Father, we thank you so much for this day. And Lord, we praise you for this this day and what it means to us. Lord, what it means to the whole world. That out of your great love, you came and gave us hope. A hope that is not dead, that is not temporal or faulty, but is eternal and is alive in you, Jesus. And we just thank you so much for that. And right now, God, as we take some time to examine this and to look at it, and Father, to, uh, to let it sink in and apply it to our lives, this truth of the hope that you give us, Lord, I pray that you would just speak so loud and clear. I pray that, God, that everything that is in our way and is in our world, God, would just seem so, uh, so different, Lord, in light of the gospel, in light of the truth and what you have shared with us through your word and through the love of Jesus. So I pray for this time, ask that you would be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, today is a day of significance for all of us who are here. Really, not one of us escapes the significance of this day, no matter where you are in your life. You see, today is a day of significance for all of the world because it marks the day that you know well Jesus rose from the dead making a way for us to have a relationship with Him. Salvation made available to the entire world for our sins to be dealt with and the penalty of sin, which is death and separation, be taken away. And I want you to understand today that no matter what brought you here or why you're here, whether you came here being right with God in a relationship with Him, whether you came here knowing Jesus or not knowing Him at all, whether you came here voluntarily or were drugged here by your mom, That Jesus loves you. That Jesus loves you. That God loves you. He loves me. He loves all of us. And he loves the entire world. And that is what made Easter, the resurrection day that that we celebrate today, even possible in the first place. Understand it's God's great love that we see displayed in Jesus Christ and in the word of God that makes today a possibility. 
Great love that is talked about there in a familiar verse for many of us. What is John 3.16? That said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves you. He loves the whole world so much that He sent His Son, Jesus, to the world to live and to die for us. And understand that where we pick up today in Mark chapter 16 and reading through those seven verses, well, that is the tone and tenor. The death of Jesus is what the ladies walking to the tomb are just coming off of. Understand that they are walking to the tomb on that first resurrection Sunday there. And these three women, they're, they're walking and they've been faithful to Jesus all of his life. And they're walking to the tomb to honor his body. And verse 1 says that they brought spices there to anoint his body with, as was customary there for those that would be buried, so as to alleviate some of the smell as the body decays. And we know from the chapter before that Jesus, as he had died there and was taken down from the cross, that a man named Joseph, well, he came and requested the body of Jesus, along with a secret disciple of his named Nicodemus, who we're told about in John's gospel. And we see that as they come, they ask for Jesus' body from the Roman governor, and he allows them to take it, and they lay Jesus' body there wrapped in Joseph's tomb. And as he's wrapped there and laid in there, there would have been a stone that was rolled in the way. And knowing that Joseph, from the word of God, was a rich man, you can understand that this stone, well, it would have been indeed rolled, not just laid up there, but it would have been rolled. And we also learned from the Gospels that the religious leaders, well, they didn't want that stone to be rolled away. They wanted there it to be protected. And so Pilate, the Roman governor, allowed for a guard to be put there and for the tomb to be sealed. And that two-ton stone provided a dilemma for these women as they walked there towards the tomb. As they were on their way, the Word of God, it shares with us that they were discussing amongst themselves what they were going to do, how they were going to roll the stone away. They had concern about how they were going to do what they had planned to do. They knew the stone was there as well. They knew the guards were there. They knew that these guards were there. And in a society, in a, in a culture where these women were going and had no rights in and of themselves, they go and they're talking amongst themselves, how are we going to get this tomb open? How are we going to roll the stone away? Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us, they say. And whether it was the weights or the guard, whatever it was, they were concerned about what they were going to do. And the greatest concern on that Resurrection Sunday was real, and they discussed it. But what we see and what I love is there in verse 4, that the greatest concern that they had of that morning, well, it was alleviated there as they walk up, and it says that when they looked up as they're walking, that they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And no doubt in that moment, all of the emotions began to flood in. You can imagine the scene. Imagine yourself there as you're walking up to the tomb, expecting to see it sealed, expecting to try to figure some way to open it up, to go in and honor the body of the man that you have been following for years, who you believed to be the Son of God. Imagine you go and your concern is, the, is the, seal, the sealed tomb will be there, but you see there and in shock, perhaps panic and curiosity, maybe in a glimmer of hope that is starting to rise up within you, you see there the stone, it's rolled away. And the greatest concern of the morning, well, it's taken out of the way. However, that would bring up another concern where they saw Jesus die. These women we know from the Gospels, they stood there afar off from the cross. 
They stood off there and saw Jesus die. They saw him crucified. They saw his body taken down. We learn from the Gospels that, that Mary, she watched as the tomb was sealed. She knew that Jesus was in there. And so the greatest concern of the morning being the stone in the way is now replaced with another concern of what happened to Jesus' body. What has happened now? And there before their eyes, the tomb is open and they go inside to see what they need to see. And to their astonishment, no doubt, they walk in and they see, again, not a dead man's body, but they find a young man who tells them, again, the greatest news ever, that he is risen, that he is not here. You see, the greatest concern of that morning was answered by the tomb being opened. And then the other concern of what happened was answered quickly as they walked in and they see, again, not a dead man, not a body, but a young man who tells them there, the tomb's empty, that Jesus had risen from the dead. And you know, I don't know, as I read this story and I look at this room around me, I, I don't know each of you individually. I don't know you personally, and I don't know what you came in here with today. I don't know what is the greatest concern in your life right now, but I do know that concerns are real. We live in a world that has fallen, a world that is fallen and that is, 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 is sinful. And in a world that we live in, we have many concerns in our everyday life. We have concerns of, that are personal. We have concerns that are interpersonal, that are large, that are small, that affect the mundane of our life, affect the big things of our life. There are concerns present here in our lives right now. And those concerns that we have are real. There's no getting around that. There's no discounting that. No reason to lie about that to ourselves or to others. The concerns that we have in this life, they are real and we should treat them as such. We should treat the concerns that we have as something to be seen, but also something that we should understand. That with our concerns, I can tell you this morning, there is no concern you have that is greater than the power that we have displayed in the empty tomb. There is no concern you have that cannot also be answered by the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Hope that is real to us because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary and the empty tomb that we remember and that we celebrate today. And that hope is real to us. That hope that we have in the midst of this life and the concerns that this life brings to us, that hope is real to us, again, because of what we see within the Bible. That God loved the whole world, and so he saw it fit to see his son come and die for the sins of the whole world and to display his love in what happened just three days prior from what we're reading right now. How Christ, who was God in flesh, came and lived a perfect life lived a perfect life, and suffered and died for the sins of this world. Sins committed by sinners. Sins committed by sinners like you and like myself. Sinners who were lost and without any hope without Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible is explicit in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that word all, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand it, it means all. And you and myself, we're included in that all. Where we all have sinned, we all have missed the mark, we all have fallen short of the standard. And because of our sin, understand we are deserving of one thing the Bible tells us, and that is death. 
You see, there's another verse there in the book of Romans, in Romans 6.23, where the first part of it says, For the wages of sin is death. Death and separation from God. We learn in other parts of the Bible that death, well, as, as, as it is in this world, it is in this world because of sin. And sin, as it is carried out in our lives and in this world, well, it only will ever bring death. Death that sin brings, understand, is all that we deserve. But understand that God, loving the whole world, well, he sent his only begotten son to die for the sins of the world to give us a free gift. And I love that Romans 6.23 doesn't end there at the wages of sin being death. Indeed, yes, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. You see, the Bible is explicit that we are all sinners and all of us fall short of the glory of God. And we all deserve death because of our sin. But God offers us there a free gift of eternal life. Eternal life that is given to us by great love from the Lord. And love, understand, that is displayed not as we come to Him put together. Love that is displayed not as we come to Him put together and with everything going right when we've dealt with everything. No, Jesus died, the Bible tells us, when yet we were still sinners, thus demonstrating God's great love for us. We see in Romans 5.8 that God demonstrates his own love towards us. That while we were yet still sinners, not while we were yet fixing ourselves, not while we were yet good to go and acceptable by him because we had done so much, but yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We have all sinned. We all deserve death. But God extends love to us today, friends extends love to us and displays the death of his perfect son, Jesus, on the cross of Calvary. And understand that as he does so, he answers the greatest concern that each of us have. The greatest concern, the concern of our eternal destiny and the concern that we need to have answered, that understand, helps us to answer and navigate every other concern of this life. Every other concern of this life, again, it does not outweigh the hope that we have in Jesus. It doesn't outshadow the empty tomb. The empty tomb outshadows our concerns. And we see that the concern is answered as we recognize who we are. Again, we are sinners, deserving of death, separated from the Lord, but, but yet because of God's great love for us, we have the opportunity to have life. Because of today, we have opportunity to have life, and it's available to us. Available to each one of us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and our belief put into him. Because again, there continuing in the book of Romans, we see there that the Lord not only tells us of the reality that we can have eternal life, but he then shows us how to attain it. He shows us there what it takes. And it's so good. The Lord is so good to us. Where in Romans 10, 9 and 10, he lays it out. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, he goes on to say, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And I love Paul as the author there of Romans. He goes on just a few verses later to say there in Romans 10, 13, and for whoever calls on the name of the Lord, well, they shall be saved. Today is Resurrection Sunday, and it is a simple message that we see here, but it's such a crucial one. Because understand that I don't know what you came in here with is your greatest concern today, but the greatest concern of every human being is where they are in relationship with Jesus Christ. 
what it is that you are doing with Jesus Christ today and on this day that we remember the resurrection, that we remember our salvation being made a possibility. Today, the greatest concern that you need to have, well, it is that of what you have done with Jesus. Whether you have taken that free gift of salvation, that eternal life that he offers upon yourself personally or not. And I love the Bible that it shows us again that it is available to all of us. Again, an extension of God's great love. God's great love towards us is that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us, extending to us salvation. And I know that again, our greatest concern, the Bible shows us, is relationship with the Lord's. And yet in this world, we face so many other concerns. You come in here today with concerns that are real, that you're going to face, that you're thinking about right now, that you're going to face as you walk out the doors today. But don't think that that concern about your relationship with the Lord, don't think that that's going to go away and you're going to be able to face the things of this world having that not dealt with. Can I tell you today that dealing with the concerns of this life, living in the living hope of Jesus Christ is far better than dealing with the concerns of this world, not living in a relationship with Him. And that doesn't mean, I don't want to sell you today to think that that's going to make life easier, because it doesn't. Life is still hard because we still live in a fallen world, but we have in Jesus Christ a living hope to navigate this life with joy, and to navigate this life with hope that we are walking with Jesus, and that He never leaves us. That he is always with us and will always be with us as we walk in a relationship with him. We have a relationship with Jesus. We have hope, real hope that is alive because Jesus is alive. And again, is willing to lead us and to guide us every step of the way. The greatest concern of those ladies on that first Resurrection Sunday was a stone that they thought was in the way. And it was moved out of the way. And that stone being moved out of the way not only alleviated their greatest concern of that morning, but it alleviates the greatest concern of our lives today. And I pray that each of us would do something about that today. That each of us would do something about the truth of what that man in that tomb said to those ladies as they went in to see what was going on. That we would do something about the fact that our Savior, He is not in the grave, but He is risen and He is alive. And what we have today presented for us is a choice. A choice to take that and take it personally on to ourselves and to walk in this world with a hope set in Jesus, facing everything that this world throws at us, knowing that we're not alone, or to continue on in the same way that we are. And I pray that today we would all make the decision to see the hope that we have, to take a hold of it, and to walk with the Lord. Let's pray.